world, you cool cats and space cowboys. It's time for Cosmic Tea with your host, Avalon Starlight. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cosmic Tea Podcast. I am your host, Avalon Starlight, and I am so excited that you are here to experience the magic of what I hope is going to be an incredible season of sharing really cosmic stories and opening us all up to things that maybe we haven't allowed ourselves to experience or to own that we actually believe in. Because even my story has a journey, which I'm, I'm hoping to share a little bit about of that with you. So some of you may have been following me for the last, let's see, five years. So if you have, you know that this is the fourth iteration of my podcast. It began with Tea with Tamara, which was my birth name. And then it moved into, uh, own your intuitive, which was about helping people just like step into their intuition, moved into rebel unicorns, which was about, uh, you know, helping empaths stand in their empath power. And now I'm on the fourth, fourth iteration of this podcast, which is cosmic tea. So why has there been so many different versions of how I show up and share my messaging? Because I believe that we all evolve and change. First and foremost, we're not meant to be the same human for very long. Like we're always up leveling, upgrading, shifting, moving, transcending into new ways of being, new ways to experience the world. Now, I mean, my story began with Tea with Tamara because I remember when I suddenly understood that things were different than we had ever been taught. Right. I remember starting a business, finally finding the right mentor, being guided into like offering programs and helping people. And I was like, can this really happen? Is this available to me? And so Tea with Tamara became a Facebook live that I was doing on a day of the week regularly. People kept showing up. They wanted to know more. So I made it into a podcast as a way to be able to impact more people globally. That lasted until I was no longer that version of me. And I moved into Own Your Intuitive. And Own Your Intuitive was because I started to recognize that there were a lot of people that came into my sphere that had spiritual gifts that could see, feel, hear, sense, and know energies and different ways of being. But I was still in a place where I was surrounding myself with people who really didn't quite understand how energetic or cosmic the world really is. Even I didn't at that time. And so I was actually trying to wedge intuition into a world where people weren't quite ready to receive the messages that I was bringing. And in all honesty, I'll share a little bit more about this journey in a second. Then came the rebel unicorns. And so this came at a time in my business and in my life. And again, this is a five-year track, you guys. So four podcasts in five years, you can kind of understand that things were evolving and shifting quite quite quickly, um, was a means to put us all into an umbrella. Like there were four different types of rebel unicorns. They were cons- cosmic, ancestral, elemental, and uh, I forget what the fourth one is. Cosmic, uh, elemental, ancestral, and I don't think it matters at this moment. Uh, I can put it in the chat box if if 
if it finds itself to be something of importance. And the reason that I did this was because I was trying to help categorize everybody who had magical powers and who could um, relate to being magical as being a rebel unicorn. Because standing up in a world where magic had been uh, something to be afraid of and to be burnt for and to be segregated for, for like ancestrally thousands of thousands of years, I really wanted to give a term that felt empowering. And rebel unicorns was the term that felt like I could put us all into these these like little beautiful packets and we could all be these rebel unicorns and we could influence and and, and make changes. Catalyst unicorn, that was the other unicorn, uh, make changes and in, in all different areas of life, whether it was in the corporate world, whether it was in one-on-one coaching, whether it was, you know, raising the next level of indigo children or whether it was like tuning into the earth and supporting, you know, getting Mama Gaia back on track. And that was really awesome because ultimately I saw rebel unicorns as this, the seedlings of empaths that didn't quite know that they were empaths. And so what's changed now and why I actually want to run Cosmic Tea podcast is because my journey into becoming more and more aware of different levels of energy and dimensions and what's available to us and what people's gifts are and how they communicate with other light beings and dimensions and earth beings and all these kinds of things has expanded so greatly that my curiosity is peaked at this point. Like I wanted a place where I could literally have free reign to talk about anything that was like hot topic for me in that moment where it wasn't directed towards anything. It wasn't towards helping a certain population or helping people understand who they were or what they were doing and all that kind of stuff. Like, not that I won't, because that's just who I am by nature is I want to support humans and being the highest versions of themselves. And I do believe that we all are born with a speck of stardust in our hearts. And that stardust is what tunes us into our soul's frequency. And then when we like can actually channel that stardust and shine that light, yeah, we're going to impact the world. We're going to make some ripples. And that's what rebel unicorns kind of stemmed from. But ultimately, my goal with Cosmic Tea is that it gives the freedom to talk about whatever's top of mind in whatever form or way that it comes up. So a little bit more about my history and my story is that, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a magical human for most of my life. And I was actually going through loads of trauma as we all have backstories here. And when it's time, I will drop little bits of my backstory as they're meant to come forward. But the piece that I want to talk about in Cosmic Tea is the part that awakened me. So I had, my first book is called My Kid is Driving Me Crazy, A Mom's Survival Guide for Living with a Child with Mental Illness. And I would say that I had extreme parenting for most of my life. Like why I even gave birth to my first child was because mental illness was such a part of my childhood that it was, it, it presented as being very conditional love. Like my job, and I didn't know as an empath, was to care for those in my world and make sure that they were taken care of, that they were safe, that they were healthy. And I could never actually achieve that, right? Because it was an impossible thing to uphold. And I I lost myself and I, I was conditioned to believe that that was what was important to me, right? Like making sure the needs of others 
were taken care of before my own to drop everything when anyone was in crisis or needed me. And I did, and I would go back and do it all over again. But at the age of 19, I was kind of over it. I was like, I kind of want my independence. All of the love that I received felt conditional based on what I was able to do for people, not that it was freely given. So in my mind, I thought, you know what? Good idea. I'm going to create a little human and we're going to have an unconditional love relationship. And it made a lot of sense to my little 19 year old brain. And so I got pregnant and I had my son when I was 20. Now, tumultuous relationship ensued. (laughs) That's all I need to say. You can read My Kid is Driving Me Crazy. It is a really powerful book because it got to a place where I'd been in therapy for many years. And my therapist said, you know what? everybody's journey begins at a different age. And it could be that your journey began at 16, 20, 25, 30. But at some point, you have to take responsibility for your life. And as somebody who moved out when I was 17, because I needed to like catch some space, you know what I mean, from my parents and my family of origin, it made sense at the time that when my son was 16, that maybe that was that was the time in his journey, that it was time for him to experience life because what we were, were completely toxic for each other. And so we, I, I, at this time, my son was at the hospital and I said, listen, I need you to seek help because if you can't seek help, then you can't come home. There's three other kids at home. There's like a whole like (laughs) ecosystem that we're trying to uphold. My husband and I weren't sleeping. Like it was a really intense time in my life and everybody's life at that moment. And my son said, you know, I'm not coming home. And at the age of 16, he chose living on the streets versus seeking help to come home and be part of our family unit. And it was devastating. And as a mom, if you have ever, ever experienced anything like this, it rocks you to the core. And I went into a depression because what else do you do? And not only did I become depressed, but I became almost like hyper-conscious of what my son was doing. And I wanted to make it better. Like it like kicked me into a system I had never been in before. And I was like, I've got to fix this. I've got to fix this. I'm responsible for this child. I made him the way that he is, built him in my uterus, deposited him into the world. And now he doesn't like he needs help and he doesn't want it. So I'm going to do whatever I can. And I continued becoming more and more like invested in trying to make sure, even though he wasn't living at home, that he was taken care of to the point that at the age of 17, something happened that was just too significant for me to be okay with it. It left me feeling quite unsafe in my house and my home and my body and my relationships, like everything. And I was like, you know what? I have to make the worst decision that a mother ever needs to make. And I need to say, we're done we're done. Like I needed to walk away, cut the cord completely and be like, if he's meant to shift or change and become the best version of himself, he's got to do it all on his own. Because when you want something for somebody else more than they want it for themselves, like ultimately it's devastating because you're holding this, like this like idea or this fantasy. And the person who is involved in the fantasy doesn't even know that that reality exists or do they even want it. And that's what I even call codependent. It's like when I want something for somebody so badly and I'm like putting all the pieces and I'm like doing all the things and they're like, why are you doing that? I'm not going to do it. That's my version of codependency. And so at 17, my son and I stopped talking. And if we want to talk about depression, this was like the wave, the crash, the tidal wave, the tsunami of depression that came over me. And I went down. 
I went down hard. And this is a relevant point to my magical story because it got to the place where I, I didn't shower. I didn't put makeup on. I was a barely functioning human. I would curl in the fetal position to what I, I now la label as my depression chair. <laughs> it was an easy boy chair, like a lazy boy chair. It would lay me back whipping me up and roll out. I was working independently as a personal trainer in my garage and I would come back between clients and I would just roll back up like a sushi roll into this chair. It was really the darkest, one of the darkest moments of my life. You know, and I've come to realize that these dark moments are often times of transition and change for us. They offer us the space to completely like uh, almost like break down the stories, the programs, the patterns, the, the ways of which we were existing in order for something new to find itself within us. Now, I'm going to share this because I think this is a funny part of the story. Like if you've ever heard of the strength finders test, it is like this test where you can find out like what your top strengths are to bring into the world to like work in companies and businesses. And like, it's like this, like, this is what your strengths are. So I've done that test before. And my number one strength is positivity straight up. I didn't know that that was going to be a strength that you could have, but and then for a long time, I didn't even know what that meant. But in this moment, after months of being in this chair, I recognized as a strength that this isn't who I wanted to be. This isn't how I wanted to exist in life. This is not how I wanted to be a wife or a mother to my other kids. And, and so after being in this chair for three months, four months, I can't remember exactly, I started to be like, okay, something's got to shift. But if you've ever been that low, you know, you can't just go from low to look, I'm a functioning human in the world. And I'm so happy. And look at all the things I'm doing in a day that's not the way that it works. And so from this, I started to think of the, this, like, I just need to feel a little bit better every day. That was my motto. I just need to feel a little bit better today than I did yesterday. And so I started to ask that question, what can I do today to feel just a little bit better than I did the day before, right? Like that was it. That was my baseline. And I would start to hear this voice and this voice would be like, oh, you know, why don't you have a shower? And I'd be like, oh, and then, so if I could get that shower in during that day, if that was the only thing I did, I was like, check, I am successful. Uh, some of the other things I would hear would be like, make a therapy appointment, go for a walk. Um, you know, I would have like, get your hair done, but different days I would hear something to do, whether it was book appointment, do something small for myself, like really begin to like self-care in some way. But I'd never question what that voice was. And I never didn't think like, man, I can't do this. It was one thing. You do this one thing every day to feel a little bit better than you did yesterday. And that is a successful day. Now these started to obviously compound and they started to like shift me a little bit. I started to feel better and better and better. And then one day I said, what can I do today to feel a little bit better than yesterday? And I heard meditate. And I was like, what? <laughs> meditate. And I was like, what the frick is a meditation? I never meditated before in my life. Now, as we know, technology is funny. And it hears you. It was like it was in my psych, like in my subconscious brain, because I was on Facebook later that day and I'm scrolling through and there was this meditate with this the angels for 30 days with Carrie Samuels. And I was like, that's weird because I just heard that I was supposed to meditate. And now there's this thing on my Facebook that says meditate with the angels. And I pressed play on that. Put me in. I'm in coach, like <laughs> ready to get in because why not? This voice has been leading me the whole way into something great. I'm feeling a little bit better. And so I joined this 30 day meditation with Carrie Samuels. And this was the 
the pivotal time. This was like, you know, where you can say something shifts in a big way in Canada. We could say it was a TSN turning point in a game, meaning that was the moment that the game changed. Like it just like the losing team won or whatever, but there was that one play. This is that play for me in everything that happened afterwards. Because I started to listen to these this meditation series. And what would happen is I would fall asleep through every single one. No word of a lie. Carrie Samuels would say, hello. And I was asleep. <laughs> Out like a light. And then she would call us back. And I would come back into consciousness. I would call it my meta napping time. And this was really key because for some reason, I've now learned... I was not capable of doing the work consciously because there was so much trauma. There was so much that I needed to heal that spirit knew that I needed to go unconscious in order to begin to set the foundation so that I could come out of that meditation feeling just a little bit better. My family got on board. They'd say, did you meta nap today? So I knew that there was there were other forces at play, right? And so somehow I made it through those 30 days. And I think I started to stay awake, you know, maybe at the last one. So I was like, okay, okay, this seems to be working. So I shifted myself into YouTube. <laughs> I was like, I'll just listen to meditation meditations in YouTube, because this is kind of fun because you can just like go like, I want to meditate on having a headache or meditate on feeling better or healing something. And all these meditations would come up and you could pick the time. And I was like, this is great. So I started to continue my meditation journey through guided meditations in YouTube. And literally there was this one meditation that I can recall and it changed my life because I visually remember like walking up a path to a castle, going up these stairs. There were two chairs in front of the fireplace and you go and sit down and there's a a being or another something in the chair beside you. And my grandfather who passed, my poppy was in this chair and it will still make me emotional when I talk about it because it was like this understanding that he has always been there because I had felt so alone for so long. And he had always been there walking the path with me, there with me the whole time. And I was like, (gasps) and he, to show that he has always been there with me, he picked me up and carried me out of the castle. And that was like, I'll never forget that moment. And when I came out of that meditation, I realized that my poppy was really there. Like he was coming in to give me a message. And the minute that I recognized that I was receiving a message in my meditation, I started to receive messages outside of my meditation. And they would come through as if uh, my own voice was talking behind me. And it would say like, oh, do this thing or go here or do this. And like random things, you guys, random things like create a, a deck of cards. And so I made... um intention cards. Like it would be like create a 52 week coloring agenda, do these things. And I didn't really understand why spirit was asking me to do all these things, but I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing whatever it is that I'm being asked to do, which was really just about me beginning to trust myself and trust that I could actually do and accomplish things. Like it wasn't going or I wasn't selling all these things, but I was like, what is this all about? Now, I won't lie, I got a little, like, I I grew up in a house where mental illness was present, and so I did make a therapy appointment with my therapist to be like, am I hearing voices, am I normal, 
which turned out that she was very intuitively in, uh, inclined and actually was like, oh, it's about time that you recognize that you're magical. And she became a really strong mentor to me and guiding me into the trust of my gifts. They say when, you know, you need that mentor to appear, they will appear. And so she did. That was essential to my heroine journey or my my hero's journey, because if I had received any other outcome in that moment, sitting in the chair saying, I think I might be going crazy because I'm hearing voices, it could have gone downwards instead of upwards. You know what I mean? And I'm hoping that the Cosmic Tea Podcast becomes this upward for you guys. If you're questioning, uh, you know, what you're connected to and how you're connected to it, which is what I want this, this intro episode to kind of invite you into. Now, in this opening up to these, the fact that I was receiving messages from spirit, they felt very angelic to me. I would speak to the angels. That's the way I defined it. I recognized that it, it didn't really feel safe to tell other people that this is what I was doing. This is how I was experiencing life. But yet I was getting the message from spirit that like, listen, you need to be the leader of this. You need to begin to talk to people about the fact that you are experiencing the spiritual awakening and tuning into frequencies of angels and, and higher like dimensional beings. At the time, I didn't know they were higher dimensional beings. I would just say that they were angels because that felt safe for me to talk about. And so ultimately, this led into stepping into an entrepreneurial world. Now, Part of what I believe is that if we're highly sensitive to energy, oftentimes being in regular jobs is challenging. It's difficult. It's difficult because there's a lot of energies to maneuver and to work with and to like be at play with. But it's also challenging because as empath healers, highly sensitive people, magically gifted humans, um, you, when somebody doesn't do something that is energetically in alignment to you, you're like, you know, it's like dissonance. It's like, for me, it presents as like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, Ooh, what are you doing? That That's not appropriate or that's not right. And so I often find that as empaths, healers, highly sensitive people and magical folk, we tend to need to steer off into our own. And so I, I did, I became, I'd been an entrepreneur for a while working as, uh, you know, personal trainer, but this led me into uh, the entrepreneurial world and coaching and stepping into containers where I was helping empaths. I didn't know that at the time because I was still afraid of all the words, of all the words. I could tell people I talked to angels. I could tell people that I was doing all these things, but being an empath was kind of like, don't say that. You don't talk about that, which is really strange, right? Um, and so, but everybody that was attracted to me was obviously an empath, but I would still, and here's the piece that I want to be about this episode is like, I, I was still trying to wedge myself into a world that was non-magical. I was still trying to fit in with communities and crowds of like really amazing humans that did not understand energy frequency, energy working, energy manipulation, chakras, like anything magical. And it left me for the first many years of my business, ultimately three and a half, trying to convince people that there was magic in the world or that you could read energy or that there was this experience that you can have that is not rational. and. That blew up in a big way 
and this should come as no surprise, the timing, March 2020, when everything was like, oh my God, I cannot be a part of a world that is so one-sided where I am left constantly, like my childhood, trying to convince people uh, of my worth and what it was that I could do with my, my gifts. And so when that crash and burn at the beginning of 2020, this is when my podcasts crashed and burned. This is where every foundational piece of my business crashed and burned. And I was left in this liminal space, a space of in-between. What happened in this space of in-between between then and Cosmic D Podcast is I began to actually nurture relationships with people who were cosmic AF. Like I'm talking like coming in contact with people who were channeling higher dimensional beings from the Pleiades, learning about different star seats and star systems, um, being able to tune into frequencies that I had never experienced before in my life. Oh, it all like, I remember this one time uh, in my dreams being taken into the Galactic Federation of Light spaceship to show how I could actually heal one of my clients' fibroids by activating codes of light in her body. And it was a really profound period of time. I started to actually lean into the healing components of my, my mission here on earth. And I was like, oh my God, there's a whole other world that I've been too afraid to talk about or to lean into. And once I stopped trying to wedge myself into what I assumed or I believed was the right way of experiencing the world, I allowed everything around me to open up so that I could learn different aspects of energy and energy working and empath gifts and how we can tune to different frequencies and really significantly like experience the world through a completely different lens. And that's where Cosmic Tea is born from. I'm freaking curious about what more is available to me in this world that I have barely discovered. And I want to take you on the journey with me to see what we can uncover, what we can learn, how we can grow. I am just on the precipice of this energetic world. And I do not know it all. And I want to know it all. And I'll end with this story because I think it's kind of funny. Uh, one of my interviews coming forward will be with a woman named Priscilla Campos. She has been a huge guide for me in opening myself up to cosmic energy. And she channels Queen Atlanta. She is Queen Atlanta. She like lives, breathes, eats, sleeps Atlantis, just to give you a little teaser of what's coming up um, in future podcasts. And during one of our meditation journeys recently, as Mars was going direct, if you remember when Mars was retrograde and went direct, man, that was intense. Uh, we got to like experience separating ourselves into our feminine and masculine and seeing who we, we are. And I'm here behind me. If you're not watching uh, this on the YouTube channel and you're listening to it audibly, I have a picture of me painted as fairy. I actually have two of them. Like I am a fairy period exclamation mark. And so when I saw my feminine side, she was just like glowing goddess fairy. And then when I was like tune into your masculine, all of a sudden this little head pops up and it's a scholar dude, you know, like with a little cap with a feather and he's like, like writing everything down. And she'd been talking about masculine being like a warrior of light. And here's my, my masculine going, 
I'm a scholar because we can actually change the world with information, words, research, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, really? That's my divine masculine. I'm totally in it now. Like I fucking love that that's my masculine, but as everybody else was talking about their masculine, and I was like, I'm a, I'm a scholar. <laughs> uh, now I'm really happy about it because that's what makes me want to do cosmic tea and share these stories with you and uncover different areas of energy and dimensions and curiosities. And I just want to take you along for the ride. And so I'm excited. So I don't even know what's going to come up week to week on Cosmic Tea. I just know that I'm going to trust whatever is being presented and we are going to look at it and I'm going to have amazing guests that are going to talk about their experiences with magic and energy and how they hear uh, different frequencies of the world and, and, you know, bring it into their work, their businesses and their relationships. So I'm excited. I cannot wait to go on this journey with you. I'm not going to lie. This was my first time recording a solo episode on video, which was slightly uncomfortable. I was highly nervous, but I'm really glad I did. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for us all to go on this journey together. I have created a Facebook space. It's called The Haven, a community, an empath community. Uh, if you want to also find a space where you can talk about or share or be in the energy of a community where this is kind of like the normal, this is like the, the set point of what's available. So I will put that link to The Haven in the notes below this video. And I hope to see you there because it's a really magical community. And I'll see you in the next episode. I love that this is the very beginning of something magical.